I'm Vanessa Cirillo, and this is Valley Voices Radio from New England Public Media. Today, we've got stories recorded at New City Brewery in East Hampton during a Story Slam event from the series we produce with the Academy of Music. That night, the theme was busted, and damn, you guys, the lovely people of the Valley get up to some stuff. I'm not going to get too personal here. Let's just say that unlike our first storyteller, I'm no Girl Scout. Good evening. My name is Kate Mesmer. When I was eight years old, I was dishonorably discharged from the brownies. (laughs) That was never my intention. In fact, my best friend, Carolyn, and I decided to join the Brownies because our older sisters had flown up and become Girl Scouts. And they did everything. They went camping, they made s'mores, they had the badges, they had the salute. They did everything, and it was just such a wonderful opportunity. And we finally got to join the Brownies. The very first meeting that we went to was held at the parochial school that I attended, St. Scholastica Elementary School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we were all lined up outside of the school. There were 16, 18-year-old girls in their beanies and our little skirts. And we were kind of all jostling each other a bit. And my best friend was kind of engaged in this conversation with another girl that I, I didn't know. And before I knew it, this girl had taken her hands and shoved my best friend down a set of concrete stairs. Now, this wasn't like a few stairs. This was actually a 14-foot stairwell that we at the Catholic school really weren't crazy about because at the bottom of this concrete stairs was a, something that we called the hawker pit because all the boys at my school, whenever the nuns weren't looking, would run over to the steps and lean over the iron railing and spit, and then watch the spit fall about 14 feet down into this pit. And so I'm standing there watching my friend tumble backwards, head over heels, down this long set of stairs, and it was horrifying. I mean, mostly because I thought she was gonna die, and I also thought, she's gonna land in the spit. You know, so I go down, run down, pick her up. We go into the school, and again, we know where everything is because it's our school, right? This is our turf. So we go in the school, back in the bathroom, and I clean her up as best I can. You know, with remember the um, the toilet paper that had looks like little bakery sheets, right? So I'm throwing them all over her legs and all over her arms, and she was just bleeding. It was really horrible. And so we walk out back to the cafeteria where the meeting is taking place and all the girls are sitting at a long table and we walk in you know my friend Carolyn's there she looks like a mummy from the waist down and we go up to the leader and we say your daughter pushed my best friend down the stairs and she says my daughter would never do that and we went we're Catholic kids, we don't lie. I mean, Monsignor Hayes is right over there. We're not gonna lie. This is, we were just astounded. So we go and we're kind of summarily ushered over to this table where all these girls are sitting where they're making styrofoam pin cushions. 
It's this little brownie sweatshop. Cut the, pink, cut the styrofoam ball in half, slap some felt over it, red and gold braid on top, and then a mason jar lid, and you got a pin cushion. Uh, and we're like, our sisters went camping. You know, this is, so we're looking at each other. She's bleeding. We're angry. It's incredible. All of a sudden, the leader leaves and goes off. And the next thing you know, um, we're just standing, and Carolyn looks at me, and I look at her. The leader's daughter heads off and follows her mother. And at that moment, I grab a jar of rubber cement, and I pour it all over the chair that she'd been sitting on. And it puddled really nicely. She came back, sat down. A few minutes later, stood up and screamed, and the chair was connected to her backside. She ran all around, and we were like, for a second and then the mother came running in and she said who did this and of course we confessed immediately we were Catholic it was our grade school and we were told to leave that was the end of my brownie career 20 years later I'm at a party in Nashville Tennessee and a gentleman introduces me to his wife and he says this is Kathy Cloninger my wife she's the president of Girl Scouts USA the head Girl Scout and I said hi and she said, were you ever a Girl Scout? And I said, no. <laughs> and then I thought, don't tell the story. And I said, oh, okay. So I told the story much more quickly than I am now. And she nods her head and she excuses herself for a minute and she comes back like two minutes later and she's got something in her hand and she reaches out and hands me a golden trefoil pin, a Girl Scout pin. And she says, consider yourself honorably reinstated. Kate Mesmer is a professional singer-songwriter who's sung at over 1,500 weddings. There have to be some good stories from that line of work, right? Think of all the bridezillas, the drunk grandmas, the wedding crashers. Oh wait, that story is coming up. This is Valley Voices Radio from New England Public Media. I'm Vanessa Cirillo, and we want to know what you think of the show. Send us an email at valleyvoices at nepm.org. Next, how Doug Creighton ended up getting busted trying to come to America. Hello, everyone. I'm Doug. So it was about 30 years ago, and I was just about ready to move to the United States. All I needed to do was figure out what to do with my guns. In the end, I decided I'd keep the old 22 repeater, you know, it wasn't worth anything, so. I packed up my rental truck and I drove to the US border. When I got there, you know, there's a little bridge, crossed over the little bridge, came up to the US border control. The agent there said, citizenship? I said, Canadian? What's the reason for your trip? I said, I'm moving here. He said, you're moving here? Do you have your immigration packet? Do you, ha do you have your x-ray? I said, yep, yeah, I've got all that. He said, okay, well, pull over to the office. So I pulled over, went inside. I gotta tell you, what a difference 30 years makes. There were two counters. There was the immigration counter, light-colored, open-neck, blue shirts, short-sleeve, fun, friendly guys. 
And there was the customs counter. Black shirts, black ties, guns, not so friendly. So I went to the immigration counter. They were trying to figure out what forms to fill out, whether they should fingerprint me. They were a little bit disorganized. They said, we're going to work on the paperwork. Why don't you go over and talk to the customs guys? So I went and talked to the custom guys. And they said, do you have an inventory of all your belongings? I said, yeah. Anything less than a year old? I said, uh, no. Any firearms? Well, yeah, I've, I've got an old 22 caliber repeater. It's, my grandfather bought it at a police auction. It's, it's not worth anything. And he said, well, I guess you're going to need a firearms importation certificate for that firearm. I said, yeah, okay, I guess I will. He said, well, they take three weeks to get. I said, well, you know. It's not really worth anything, I, and I don't, it's not important to me. They said, we don't want your gun. You're going to have to go back to Canada and get rid of it. So I went back over to the immigration counter. They said, we've got everything straightened out. Here's your passport. I opened it up. There's the visa. Good for one entry into the United States. I said, well, I've got a bit of a problem. They say I have to get rid of my gun back in Canada. They went, oh. Ugh. Tell you what, we'll, we'll call the police over there and maybe they can help you out. So I get back in my rental truck, I turn around, I go back over the little bridge, I come up to the Canadian border, they say, citizenship? I said, Canadian. How long have you been in the United States? I said, 45 minutes. 45 minutes? What have you been doing for 45 minutes? I said, well, I'm trying to move to the States, but I've got this gun that they say I need to get rid of, and so I had to come back over here. And this was like a young, sort of fresh-faced, looked like maybe a college replacement who said, well, there is a provision in the statutes where you can surrender your firearm to the queen. I said, yes, I want to surrender my firearm to the queen. She said, okay. So she wrote this thing on a little piece of paper, handed it to me, said, go to the terminal. So I drove over to the terminal, went inside. There's all these truckers with loads of vegetables, you know, standing, waiting. I waited. I got up to the counter. There was a woman back there who looked at this piece of paper and said, oh, God, you have a gun you want to get rid of? And just then, a guy tapped me on the shoulder saying, you got a gun you want to get rid of? And I said, no, 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 this has to be totally above board. He said, no, that's fine. So he showed me his little permit, and we went out in the parking lot, and I, he was checking out the gun. I was writing up my receipt for $1. And just then the police pulled up and said, what's going on here? I said, well, I, I'm just selling this guy my gun. I just came over. He said, oh, are you the guy from the U.S. border? And I said, yeah. He said, okay. So we looked at everything, everything looked fine. So I got back in my truck, drove over the little bridge, came up to the US border control. They said, citizenship? And I said, Canadian? What's the reason for your visit? I said, I'm moving here. They said, are you the guy with the gun? And I said, yeah, I got rid of it. He said, oh, okay, drive on through. That was Doug Creighton. 
south of the border, he traded his gun for a squeeze box. Until he retired, Doug owned the Button Box, which was the finest accordion and concertina shop in all of Sunderland, Massachusetts. For our last story today, Summer Keppel takes inspiration from a movie and gets busted. Really busted. Hi, everyone. My name is Summer Keppel, and this is a story of how Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn led me to nearly being incarcerated when I was 15 years old. So my best friend Amelia and I were watching a little movie called Wedding Crashers one day, and for anyone that's not familiar, basically to quickly sum it up, it's basically a movie about these two average-looking white guys that go wedding crashing every weekend in the pursuit of fun and trying to sleep with women. Um, but in the movie, they always seem to have a great time, and they never really get caught. And this is where my story starts to differ from the movie. <laughs> so when Amelia and I decided that we were going to Wedding Crash, we knew that we had to be prepared. Um, so we went online, and we consulted only the most trusted of sources, YouTube, and one of the more esteemed websites on the internet, Yahoo Answers. <laughs> and we got a lot of great information. There's three major things that we need to remember before we adventured onto wedding crashing. We needed to make sure that we dressed for the occasion. We needed to go with a card to blend in. And most importantly, we needed to make sure that we had our story straight for if we did get confronted, what our connection was to the couple. So with that knowledge in mind, we also needed to figure out how to get there because neither of us were even old enough to have a license. So I consulted one of my older sisters, Christy. Um, I told her about this idea, and not only did she agree to drive me, she thought this idea was awesome and encouraged it. <laughs> so we pick a Saturday during the prime wedding season, and we just pick a random venue that we figure is gonna have a wedding going on. And we get dropped off, and we're feeling really good at this point. We're going into the lobby, Journeys Don't Stop Believing is playing, and we're feeling great at this point. There's a photo booth in the lobby, and we decide to hit that up because there's lots of fun props, and we figure this is where we'll start our night. So we take a bunch of photos, and next to the photo booth is a guest book. Um, and for some reason, we thought it'd be a really smart idea to sign our real names in the guest book. <laughs> And also, just to make it even better, put our real photos next to our real names. Because apparently Yahoo Answers didn't go over that part. So from there, we decided to venture into the reception um, and try to hit the dance floor. That lasted about 15 seconds before we were caught, considering we were the only people that looked to be 11 years old in the venue. And we were told to leave. Um, we basically forgot the golden rule of wedding crashing, which is to have your story straight. We absolutely did not. Um, when asked who we were, we for some reason couldn't come up with anything. So Amelia decided to blurt out that we were co-workers of the bride. <laughs> now, unless the bride was also babysitting for the house next door, <laughs> there was absolutely no way that we were co-workers with her. So that story didn't fly, they told us to leave, and we did immediately. Um, but we still left feeling accomplished, like we did what we had to do, and we had a fun time, and we thought there was no harm done. 
but we were really wrong. <laughs> because what Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn don't tell you is that sometimes when you crash a wedding, the groom of said wedding might happen to be a lawyer. <laughs> a really pissed off lawyer. So the next day, I'm enjoying one of my first days of summer vacation, and my sister informs me that the police are looking for me. And I've been accused of stealing money from a gift box at a wedding. So as a very fragile 15-year-old that I was, um, this was not in my character at all. I had never been in trouble before. And this was probably the worst situation I could find myself in. So I spent my first day of summer vacation being literally brought downtown and placed into an interrogation room at the police station. Um, I decided to leave my sister Christy, who encouraged this idea at home, and brought in my other older sister, Jenna, who studied legal studies in college and is also clocked in about 10,000 hours of Dateline. So she was in her glory. <laughs> so, so I sat, as I sat in the cold metal chair of this interrogation room, shaking and crying and mapping out how exactly this was going to ruin my entire life, um, Jenna sat there in her full glory as she was born to do this, telling the cop that they can roll the tapes because nothing ever happened and they'll, they won't find anything. And they, she also asked a very good question of how would they even know that money was missing if money was missing? Um, so this lovely couple actually decided to call up everyone that went to their wedding and ask them how much money they gave. Um, and I'm not sure about you, but if I went to a wedding and got called and asked how much money I gave them, I'm probably gonna round up to the next hundred. Um, that's absolutely not an accurate way to try to get that information. Um, but in the end, we obviously, we didn't steal. They had no real evidence against us. So we just had to write an apology letter so we did, um, but now that I'm an adult and I have a bit more of a backbone than I did when I was 15, I would like to add something into that apology letter. Um, I am sincerely sorry to the bride and groom that you have such cheap-ass wedding guests that you really felt that the only plausible explanation for the sad amount of money in your money box was that I stole it. And. I didn't walk away with this without learning a huge valuable lesson that every young woman learns in their life. And Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn taught me this lesson. That if you want to succeed, you must approach every situation with the same amount of confidence as an average looking white man. Thank you. <laughs>
stories from firearms training in Franklin County to a James Bond mission in France. Valley Voices Story Slam is produced by New England Public Media and the Academy of Music. This show is produced by Katie Wright. Our theme is Love Disease by the Buddy McGurns Band out of East Hampton, Massachusetts. You can find out more about Valley Voices and listen to episodes you may have missed. It's summertime, I forgive you, by going to nepm.org slash valleyvoices. I'm Vanessa Cirillo. Join me right here next Saturday for more local stories on Valley Voices Radio.